from West Virginia Public Broadcasting. Support for the legislature today is provided by AARP West Virginia, your ally for real possibilities in the Mountain State. Learn more at aarp.org wv. The Charleston Gazette Mail, using its CGM app to deliver the latest news, traffic, and weather alerts, keeping you in the know while you're on the go. Lumos Networks, online at lumosnetworks.com. West Virginia University, online at wvu.edu. Orion Strategies, professional public relations, government affairs, creative services, and research and polling, with offices in Charleston, Buchanan, Martinsburg, Pittsburgh, and Columbus. Legislature today. This was the scene at the Capitol building this morning as teachers and school workers were on strike in 54 of our 55 counties. But by shortly after noon today, the controversial education bill, which drove them out of school, was effectively dead, postponed indefinitely by a motion in the House of Delegates. We'll be joined by the leaders of the teachers and school service personnel unions in just a few moments. But first, Dave Mistich joins us to go through a day full of twists and turns, Dave. Now, we're talking about the fate of the Senate amended House Amendment to Senate Bill 451. Right. It came down to a couple motions in the House of Delegates today by the Senate Majority Leader and the Minority Whip. Pick it up from there and give us some context to what we saw today. Sure, well, you know, that the House received the message on the Senate Bill, the Senate's, uh, Senate Bill 451 as amended in the Senate yesterday. Uh, that came over immediately. Uh, Delegate Mike Caputo is Democrat from Marion County, the uh, Minority Whip, as you pointed out. Uh, started off with a motion to postpone indefinitely. Now that immediately got sort of sideswiped with a motion from uh, Majority Leader Amy Summers. And uh, we'll take a look at some of the talk back and forth on uh, Delegate Summers' motion and how that wound up. $2,000 bonus for math teachers would be wiped out if we don't take this up at four o'clock. If we follow the other path, $250 for classroom supplies would be wiped out. The attendance bonus, $500 for teachers all across the state, wiped out. $24 million is in that bill, $24 million for behavioral health and counselors direct student support. In this madness now, nothing is good enough that we do for the state senate. They disrespected us. I don't know the math on this, but a compromise on charter schools, they went from five, we went to two. Pretty good compromise. You would assume they bring it back over, five minus two, maybe three, four. Hey, we end up with seven. Hopefully some of our math teachers in the audience can go teach our Senate president over there basic arithmetic. Honestly, 
the whole process has, has been a negative for me. I've learned from it, but I don't like what's happened. My feeling is we should have addressed education publicly first and reformed our public education with more uh, counselors, with smaller classrooms. You know, right now, the way I feel personally, um, and, and to prolong some things, I, I, uh, I'm not in favor of 451 at this time. I just wanted to make that clear and uh, tell you what, what my thought process has been and what my experience has been in this. Thank you. The gentleman from the 35th said that we're disrespecting the process. I think we're disrespecting the process when we stop it today. What's wrong with coming back this afternoon and taking this on and casting your vote? What's wrong with that? Are you afraid of the process? Let's carry this bill forward and let's see what happens. Why do we have to cut this process off? And Dave, of course, uh, Delegate Summers' motion, what they were discussing there was putting off uh, taking up this, uh, this version of the bill until about 4 o'clock this, this afternoon. And you mentioned uh, Delegate Caputo's was, was a motion to uh, table it indefinitely. That's right. We should point out that Delegate Summers' motion was rejected on a 45 to 53 vote. The arguments that Republicans made, uh, particularly Delegate Summers, was that you know, delegates needed more time to digest this bill. The Senate you know, took a recess for about a little over an hour um, last night to, to give you know, senators a chance to, to, to go over the changes that were made in their version. She was arguing that, that you know, they need, the delegates needed the same amount of time. Again, Delegate Summers' motion rejected 45 to 53, which basically put back into play Delegate Mike Caputo's uh, motion to postpone indefinitely. We'll take a look at some of the back and forth on that. Now, I, I never thought I would get up on the floor and say this, but I no longer trust the Senate's products. I just don't. I just don't. Um, it passed the Senate by one vote. One vote. Uh, and clearly many over there, in a bipartisan effort, didn't trust the process or certainly weren't happy with the process of the Senate. But I think the problem is many in this chamber, not all perhaps, but many, and many outside this chamber and the public would not ever, under any circumstances, on this bill at this time, trust a conference committee process. I understand that a majority of this body doesn't agree with what the Senate did, but that doesn't mean we just throw it away and stop working on the process. If we, if theoretically, if the House comes back later, we refuse to concur with the Senate, this will go to conference committee. And also, theoretically, we could come up with a product that is much closer to the version of the House bill that everybody in this body that voted for the bill the first time could vote for this time. If you go back a year ago today, I was sitting in the classroom. And man, I wish I could have sat in the middle of my math tests and asked and make a motion to postpone it indefinitely. But I'm not allowed to run from the problems. I mean, really, that's what we're doing. We're running from the problems, and that's not why we were elected. If all the things in this bill was so good, they wouldn't have put them all on one of those seats on that omnibus and sent it over here. Those provisions, in my opinion, Mr. Speaker, should stand or fall on their own merit. They should not be tied and should not be held hostage to a teacher pay raise that was promised by the governor. I think this is exactly what the process should be. Has every member voted? 
If so, the clerk will close the machine and ascertain the result. On this question, there are 53 ayes, 45 nays, two members absent not voting, a majority having voted in the affirmative. The motion to postpone indefinitely. House will be in order. The House will be in order. The galleries will be cleared. And there we saw the speaker threatening to have the uh, galleries, the members, teachers that have been here all day uh, escorted out. They were so thrilled with that with that vote, Dave. Uh, afterwards, the Senate president had some comments. That's right. You know, of course, Senate President Mitch Carmichael, who's been sort of the, the ultimate champion of, of this, this measure all session, um, he expressed a lot of disappointment in this. Of course, we knew throughout the weekend that he had been making negotiations with the House. Um, you know, the, the, the understanding that he had coming into this is that they had the votes to pass in the House and that this bill would be going off to Governor Jim Justice for his signature. Uh, we'll take a quick look at some of the things, uh, you know, Senate President Mitch Carmichael said in reaction to the, to the bill being effectively killed in the House of Delegates today. Uh, that's what exactly uh, was told to us yesterday by leadership in the House and didn't occur. Uh, so, again, I'll say, uh, in this political world, all you really have is your word. And so when one gives you your word, uh, you take them at their word, and we take actions accordingly. So we uh, had, had an agreement, and then, uh, you know, uh, it wasn't honored. But we're the eternal optimist here in the Senate, and we know that uh, the, ultimately, uh, the discussion about why we need reform in our educational system in West Virginia is necessary, and it's begun, and it's because of uh, some of the uh, initiatives we've undertaken. And then later this afternoon, the governor had his press conference, but earlier today, uh, even before the vote, he was very adamant. He was up here behind, uh, behind us right now, outside of the Senate chamber. He was adamant he would veto any bill that had more than two or three uh, pilot project uh, charter schools and any bill that had education savings accounts. This afternoon, he was much calmer, talking about all the positives that are happening uh, in West Virginia, but still had a message about the education bill. We'll take a listen now. You know, from where I am today, I would think that, uh, and I know you'll ask about charter schools or education, ed education savings accounts and all those things. To me, what we should do now, we should table that. What we should do now is if we want to put some money into that and do a study of those programs toward the future, that's fine. That's fine. But today, we need to celebrate the goodness of West Virginia for crying out loud. That's the very thing we all need to be doing is celebrating how we are doing within our state. We Putnam County Schools was the only school district where administrators decided not to close their doors this morning. Randy Yoey took a drive to Winfield, West Virginia for this report. The hallway at Putnam County's Winfield Elementary, dark and empty at mid-morning. Many of the school's teachers, staff, students, and parents stood defiantly out in front on a picket line. We're on strike and our schools didn't close. Well, your superintendent said that you were supposed to stay open today. Why is it, what was important for you to not go in? The future of the children of this state. We believe in what is right and charter schools are not the way to go. 
It looked that few, if any, of the Putnam County school bus fleet went anywhere in the county this morning. Margaret, how many students are out at Confidence Elementary today? There are no students in school today at Confidence Elementary School. On a regular school day here at Winfield Elementary, there would be about 700 students, faculty, and staff inside. The school secretary, who's down on the picket line, tells me there are 11 students inside and six staff members. That's it. These Hurricane High students said they left school grounds to support their teachers and get away from a chaotic situation. Mainly what I've seen on like Instagram or like Snapchat is kids are just like sitting in the cafeteria like there's no teachers. I think they're just like sending them home. But like we don't really know. But like a lot of us are just standing outside of the school like supporting the teachers and everything because we don't want to go in. Putnam County school administrators refused to go on camera, only reiterating in a statement that they kept their schools open to provide learning in a safe and secure environment where hungry students could get meals. If school was closed, we would be having feeding centers and we have parents who are helping take care of kids and teachers who are helping take care of kids and that's, that's how we provide for their safety. So it's not worried, worried about the kids going hungry today? No, I think there's other issues going on. There's some kind of power struggle going on. What happens to you teachers that didn't show up, that were supposed to show up to work today? We have no idea. This is uncharted territory, so we're going to wait and see what happens. For the legislature today, I'm Randy Yowie. Joining us now are the president of the West Virginia Education Association, Dale Lee, the president of the American Federation of Teachers West Virginia chapter, Fred Albert, and the executive director of the West Virginia School Service Personnel Association, Joe White. Thank you all for being here. Thank you. Thank you. We are taping this program a little early in the afternoon because you are about to have a press conference later on. What will you announce? Well, we actually moved the press conference to 7 o'clock because the House is going back in at 6 and we want to see what actions they take. Uh, of course, you know how things travel around quickly here. We want to make sure that uh, there's nothing happened at the 6 o'clock session that, that may counteract what happened earlier today. So now, what we're happened, not making any announcement until 7. What happened earlier today is uh, a motion to Dismiss. Dismiss. Permanently or indefinitely dismiss the Is bill. there a sense that this process might not be over? We've we, heard that. They, that they could Par vote to, to, to uh, a motion to yeah. reconsider. Parliamentary procedure says that in any motion, if you voted on the prevailing side, then you can move to reconsider the action that was previously taken that you would require second and the seconder would also have had to have voted on the prevailing side. While it's, it's little used, it is an effective way and we've seen it used in the House and the Senate on a number of times, particularly last year, uh, when someone would vote on the prevailing side just so they could move to reconsider and bring it back up when they had the votes. So do you think this, is, this was calculated this morning? I don't know that it was calculated that, you know, we're hearing that they are going to do it. They're not going to do it. They are going to do it. So as we're here under this beautiful dome, we never know anymore what they're going to do. We would like to say that we have faith in the House. Uh, probably a little bit more faith in the House than we have in the actions of the Senate. But the House has shown us all along, uh, considering this bill, that they've been very deliberate in studying the bill. 
uh, the omnibus education bill. I, I, I'm encouraged by what our governor has said in his press conference that, yes. you know, he wants a clean pay bill. And I think he's made that message very strong to both houses. Uh, and that's what he would like to see. And he has faith in our House branch that the bill that was presented to them from the Senate is now dead. And I know it shocks a lot of people, but there's a lot of mistrust out there from the educators across the state and the, and the legislature, particularly the Senate, especially when Senator Carmichael says in a press release, this is not dead, it's just delayed. Should this happen, should they uh, resurrect the, the bill, uh, what will your reaction be? What will you tell your membership? What's the next step? Well, I think our members will take that next step. And as they were here in full force today, traveling from all over the state, our teachers, our service personnel, parents were with them. I think they will be back and uh, they will be very unhappy. You could, you could sense the sense of elation and uh, joy this, after, this morning, I guess, when it was announced that the bill was dead. I, I think that gave a clear message that our members, our teachers and service personnel felt like their voices had been heard. Mr. White, how long after uh, the motion to table was successful and there was celebration, how long after that did you start to hear that there may be a motion to reconsider? Uh, very quickly. Actually, I knew that it was a possibility before, uh, but it was quickly, with just in a few minutes after this happened, that, that there was consideration uh, of a motion to reconsider. And, but I want to go back to another question that you asked. It's not what we tell our members, but it's what our members tell us what, yes. what they want to do, because we truly do work for our members. Regardless of what some may say here, we do listen to what our members say. Our, our members are truly the union they bosses. The we we uh, are fortunate enough to represent our members in our positions. Yes but the members are the union bosses and they're the ones that dictate to us the direction that we go. We had a conference call, uh, each of our, our union and associations had conference calls this afternoon with our local leaders and we're having another one at 5.30 to, to keep the pulse, to, to you know, be in touch with them and listen to them. Well, let's talk about the substance of even the, the, the final version uh, of this bill. Um, you all have said there were many components in that final version that you could get behind. Of course, sure. the salary raise, right. the tax credits, the mm -hmm. additional support, um, a, a, a bonus for a 1,400-member floor for the student f uh, formula yes. uh, per county. So those smaller counties would be getting a, a, yes. a bigger share. So those are components that you could get behind. We heard the Senate Finance Chairman last night say, you know, all of these components more than a hundred million dollar investment in education, education programs uh, for both uh, teachers and students. He pointed out that the education savings accounts, that fiscal note was something like 600,000. And that the school, the charter school commission, which would have a fiscal impact, 200,000. So what he called it pocket change 
Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when you're talking about an education reform bill that was going to put in a hundred million. So I'd like you to respond to that. Well, first of all, it was the education savings accounts was $3,200 for a thousand kids, possibly. So that is much more than the $600,000 that, that the uh, senator would say. Secondly, our, our educators believe that every student in West Virginia deserves a great public education, a great education, not a select few. And it shows you that they're always thinking of their students. They were willing to give up their pay raise and, and the things that could have benefited them in this bill for the benefit of their students, all students, not just a few. Also, Mr. we Robert. heard Senator Rucker say from the floor yesterday that this was just a beginning with the education savings accounts mm -hmm. and that if they could, they would put more in them next year. So we look at it as this is just opening the door. This is opening the door and it's happening all across the country that these measures are not coming from our West Virginians. These ideas are not coming from our citizens here in our state. They're coming from outside interest who are going to profit from these measures of educational savings accounts and charter schools. And to let them begin here is just an opening for more down the road. Uh, Mr. White, the, the same question, that there was so much uh, good in this bill, was it worth um, losing the education bill for the potential of what, we have seven charter schools in this last version and then the education savings accounts. Well, I would like to tell our, our friends and our colleagues in both uh, chambers that have said that if this dies, this kills all that good stuff. That is absolutely not true. Each one of those things, the 1,400 minimum, the 24 million for uh, student support staff, all of that good stuff is here, it's available, it's in, most of it is in bill forms. The bills have been sitting in committees and not moved. So to stand there or sit there and say that all this is dead because of that is absolutely not factual. So you believe that uh, if this were to stand and the, the, the bill not be resurrected uh, later this evening, that there is a will to get these different components uh, separately or in smaller bills through the system in less than three weeks. And our governor said that today at his press conference, yes. that they're there and let them stand alone. And we'll see what their will is. If their will was simply to, to pass charters and education savings accounts, then they will let these other components die. Yes. If their real will was really to do what's best for education in West Virginia, these bills are available, there's still plenty of time, get them moving and get them passed. And, and finally, as we wrap up, do you think there is the, the, the public support uh, that you clearly had this time last year? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I'll do. not waver on that. One thing I know, I know West Virginia people, I still travel an hour one way to work. I shop at the local stores, I stop at the community gas stations, the support is there regardless of what they say here. I know West Virginia people and West Virginia stands behind their own. And I would agree, you know, we were on picket lines this morning. Uh, there were a lot of uh, people from Kanawha County and Lincoln County and surrounding counties went to help our uh, colleagues in Putnam County on their picket lines and the public support was definitely there. I stood on a picket line out at Capitol High School with other educators and the support was there. 
Terrific. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Dale Lee, President of the West Virginia Education Association, Fred Albert, President of the American Federation of Teachers West Virginia Chapter, and Mr. Joe White, Executive Director of the West Virginia School Service Personnel Association. Thank, thank you. you. We'll be following it thank tonight. You thank you. Thank you. Teacher and staff picket lines were stretched across the state today, but as Randy Yoey reports, strikers in Kanawha County were making sure breakfast and lunch were still available for students. Eighth grade West Virginia Studies teacher Jay O'Neill led the small but dedicated strike group from Charleston's Stonewall Jackson Middle School. O'Neill's sign read, I'm on strike against my own pay raise. The fact that they've tied in elements of privatization to it, like charter schools, education savings accounts, you know, our kids are not for sale, our schools are not for sale, and yeah, we're willing to turn down our own pay raise because of that. West Virginia students should not be for sale. Their education should never be a commodity. It should not be something for out-of-state interests to come in and take charge of so simply that they can make money. Community organizations throughout the state, like the Salvation Army Boys and Girls Club of Charleston right here, are feeding kids that otherwise wouldn't be having their lunches in school today. They say they're a little more prepared this time around. Last year definitely caught us by surprise. This year we were prepared. We started planning last night as soon as we heard, calling parents and, I'm sorry, not calling parents, but sending reminders out to parents and Facebook posts. If we weren't here, a lot of these kids wouldn't have a place to go, and so we're glad to be open and being able to provide them a safe place to be and some food and a snack throughout the day. Parsons says the Salvation Army Boys and Girls Club are ready to feed children for how long of a teacher's strike? It's a great question. I don't know. As long as it takes to kill the bill. For the legislature today, I'm Randy Yowie. And I'm Suzanne Higgins. Please check our website at wvpublic.org as senior reporter Dave Mistich continues to update the days and evenings events. For everyone here at West Virginia Public Broadcasting, thanks for joining us. Have a good evening.